What's up, folks? It's another edition. It's hitting on the high notes. Jazz talk. It is high. I am here. It's your host, Hootran, at Hootran Superman on the Twitterverse and the IG. And we are here. Um, uh, he goes to the distance. He goes to the distance a lot. Uh, congratulations to the BYU cross-country team. It is Jared Barker. Go to the distance 49. What's up, man? Hey, no. Congratulations to Utah. Is it tennis? No, ski team. Utah ski team. Utah ski team won, won a national title. The BYU cross-country team have the girls won a national title. And... Hey man, had like the, everything's coming um, up to the uh, state of Utah. Oh yeah. yeah, first American male or something like that, and like in like ten years, winning the cross country finals for um, uh, the BYU males. So that was good. Um, uh, speaking of BYU males and the, the soaker <laughs> of the podcast, uh, Dragon's males. Watch is here. What's up, Long Talks? I have no idea what you guys are talking about. The level of confusion is very high. <laughs> Which is um, uh, very good because um, uh, that's usually what we do go for here on the, the high notes. People listen to go, what the hell did I just listen to? Yeah, because so, they're getting high on hitting the high notes. The high notes. Um, uh, we, 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 we even had someone that said they wanted a guest spot because they're very good at uh, quote unquote high notes. Um, but, um, uh, <laughs> bring them uh, on. You, you know, sometimes I'm a, we do a lot of nonsense here, but sometimes we want to bring on a guy who does numbers and talks about stuff that actually matters. And like, I'm a, you know, has a real basis and evidence behind it. So we bring on the jabberous of jazz It's some, uh, jabber jazz, Mr. Adam Bushman. You know, sometimes I try to be good at the silly stuff. I try to do the memes. I try to do the jokes and then I just remember, I just got to stick to the data. What's up, fellas? <laughs> hey, you're, you're knowing, knowing your role and staying in your lane is, is cool, man. I mean, I get it. I get it. <laughs> so uh, glad to be here with y'all. Yeah, and, and, and we're glad we're, we're recording right after. The Jazz actually won a game, guys. All is well in Jazzland. The Jazz won a game. Back to uh, planning your parades, um, uh, planning the your parade routes and um, uh, where to get spots now. Um, uh, we're back, guys. The Jazz have won. And everything is okay again. Nothing like I'm a, I had a whole show planned about things that I'm a, were looking wrong with the Jazz for the past couple of weeks, and now we don't need to have it anymore. So that's that's nice. We had to scrap I mean, we the whole still, show. We can still talk about difficult stuff. No, I mean, we don't. But, we don't need to. The Jazz yeah, are the yeah, Jazz yeah. are fine. The You're jazz freaking trolling. Are... Why are you trolling after a win? You monster. <laughs> the Jazz are fine now. The, the Jazz won the game, and like well, the thing is that when the Jazz lose, then we're in trouble. But if the Jazz win, there's no reason to talk about things that bother us. So um, we do have some housekeeping to get out of the way. Um, uh, Jared um, has got my name in his mouth um, uh, on Twitter here, talking about uh, a few things. Um, well, first start, tweet. Um, uh, we, yeah, yeah, you read them off. That sounds good. First tweet that um, uh, Jared um, has, uh, has my name in. Um, uh, uh, sometime this week, he tweeted something about... Me wanted to take a, a victory lap. So what victory lap am I taking, Jared? Well, I thought that you wanted to trade Bojan. And I, because that's the way you keep presenting it. So I need to know what you would actually do. I feel like we didn't address what you would do as GM of the Jazz. So, um, uh, and Logan um, also brought this up as, uh, what did you frame it as, Logan? As we're the leaders of the trade Bojan committee or something like that, something from the office or something? Yeah, I don't know. From the office, I don't know. The founding <laughs> members of the Trade Bojan Foundation. Yes. And then there were some other there were some other explicit references that weren't very kind to Bojan supporters. So, <laughs> There's like a lot of those. There's been a lot of those this week. That's why yeah. I don't know. I should put Logan's name in in my mouth. I'm sorry. Who? Yeah. I'm a no. So here's the thing about 
the trade boy on cat and we're going to get, Oh, I'm sorry. I, I, I buried the lead. Adam's going to be on here. Not only bringing us some uh, data, but he's also got um, uh, a list of them uh, trades that um, uh, we're going to explore here in just a minute, but sorry, Adam, I, I do need to get this out of the way here. Now housekeep. Yes. Do what and you need it, to do. Is this a uh, Swiffer Swiffer in the iRobot? Right. The trade bullion thing it's not new, right? I like. I'm a, would you consider this something that I've brought up recently, Jared, or is this something that? No, I just feel like you've harped on it extra hard recently, which is why I wanted. I wanted extra hard. Yes, I yes, mean yes. for you, yes. I mean, I I, I want to say one of the first times I mentioned uh, a bullion trade was, you know, October. No, I know, but but you're really leaning into it now because that's it's a popular thing, and so you're doing it a lot. So that's it's why. not even it's not even is it something like hey like this is stuff that. I did mention, like, I'm like, hey, like, why, no, why do you I, think I, I want to trade Boyan? Why, why do you think I want to trade Boyan? Because I think that you won a championship, and I feel like you're trying to maximize that. So I, I feel like I had to sit here and hem and haw and decide what I was, what I would do as a GM. But we never got to see the shoe on the other foot. Right. So, so, I mean, I think I've been pretty clear, like, like what I think Boyan brings, um, and Logan even. Had had um, uh, reaffirmed this that like R- Logan's very good at taking my words and condensing them down to he says um uh, Logan or Logan's Boyan's <laughs> Logan Bogdanovich is um uh, uh don't skills. do don't do that don't do that <laughs> <laughs> that um uh, <laughs> one thing that I I was worried about is that with the healthy Mike Conley and Donovan and Clarkson um that I felt that Bogdanovich's skill set was sort of redundant in this offense mm. um. And that um uh, what I and I and the the archetype I keep going for I kept saying hey boy if you gave me another Royce O'Neal uh, again you know when I say another Royce O'Neal I mean somebody that can guard uh, one through four um, can do all these like hustle things rebounds and also I'm um, uh, hit the open corner three at a sixty percent clip now I, I don't know what player that is I don't know if there's anybody available but that was just my theoretical like hey let's go around the NBA look. And you know, that's part of the reason we brought Adam on because I, I believe that he actually has some names for us. Right. But then um, you didn't, you didn't seem to like the, uh, the, the proposed trade that Brian priest really. So now, again, and this is like, I'm a, the way you worded the tweet was, uh, you know, who trans dream scenario, Aaron Gordon. And Hey, it's a name that you brought up yourself. Right. I never said it was my dream scenario. I never. Uh, uh, so defensive over wording. Come on. Right. Well, I mean, but I mean, Dream scenario means like this is like something I'm not even pushing for it. It was just I was on the line with somebody from Orlando, and like we didn't even prep that question. Like we were just talking. I go, oh wait, here's something that I know Jazz fans are interested in: a player like Aaron Gordon. And I want to know about Aaron Gordon's skill set from this guy that covers the Orlando Magic to see if um and to see even if there would be interest from an Orlando Magic fan. Like hey, by the way, if this trade happened, how would you feel as a fan? Like um, if you were like and he talked himself into it. Honestly, that was a great that was a great segment. Personally, so, I felt like that was really some fine work from you. Personally, I, I, I do like Aaron. I mean, I, let me let me rephrase this. I think Aaron Gordon could be that archetype. Um, uh, from what we talked about in that podcast was Aaron Gordon has the ability to guard the guys that I worry about in the playoffs. Yeah. Uh, and he's and, got athleticism which we lack, and he hits corner threes. So I mean, he feels like a guy that fits fits into your mold perfectly. Right. And so uh, I don't know about his shooting. I, like Personally, I'm not quite sure he's a great shooter. However, yeah, that's true. His shooting sample is kind of small. 
this this comes up to my Jay Crowder analogy. I bring up a lot like Jay Crowder in the jazz offense that he had, you know, with favors and Rubio and whatever Jay Crowder was <laughs> number two option in that op in that offense. And so we look hmm. back and go, Oh boy, he wasn't a great spot up shooter, but you know, Jay Crowder and maybe in this offense uh, where he's you know, going to be open more times than not to be, to be the guy when the, when the pinball machine comes to a stop um, uh, who knows, maybe, maybe that's what is what we need. Yeah, because because so you got uh, Boston Jay Crowder versus Utah yeah. Jay Crowder. Yeah. So that's a good point. the problem, yeah, the problem I have with uh, the Aaron Gordon like dream scenario is like I personally did not do much research. I, I it's a question that I had in my head and I asked it. Brian actually did a very very good video. Brian Priest, I'm a host of Home Court Press, part of the Jazz Pod Co-op. Hashtag Jazz Pod Co-op. Catch it. Um, so I'm, uh, yeah, I'm a, he did a very good video and he talked about Aaron Gordon as one of his. Uh, dream targets. I, I believe um, uh, anybody who has Aaron Gordon dreams or hopes um, uh, should go to uh, Brian for his his opinions there. My opinion is that he might be good. I don't know. But here's the thing. If Dennis Lindsay and Justin Zanuck made that trade for Aaron Gordon and were to personally tell me like, hey, look, we, we've done some data. We've done some um, uh, data research. We've looked. We believe that if you park Aaron Gordon in the corner, he's going to hit that open three 60% of the time. Three out of five times, I'm like, all right, cool. And I'd be okay with that. So gotcha. that's just where I'm at. But, um, okay. Uh, well, it's good to fill, fill you out on this. I, I, all right. I like Real quick, it. before we get to our our trade segment, uh, we've done our housekeeping. Let's do the, the second half of the housekeeping. Logan, let's do a temperature. We do it every week. Temperature check. Thermometer breaking. It's um, uh, what about the Utah Jazz right now? Temperature check um, uh, since our last episode. Yeah, I, I would say I feel a little bit better about the the, the direction they're trending. It's it's uh, out of the break. It's been a little bit weird. I mean, I don't think you can pull anything out of the Rockets game. I mean, that's that's the first game back. Plus, that's a team you're never going to see ever again. So I think there's zero to take away from the Rockets game. I think that the Warriors game just was not awesome to watch. I'm not that's no breaking news. Uh, it was a little disappointing because you have had you know for the first time all year what we'll call as a rough stretch. Um, so the Boston game, the Boston game was kind of a tipping point game for me and my erratic jazz fandom. Cause I know that I'm not <laughs> going to sit here and tell you I'm a measured jazz fan. Who's like not going to take too much into a game, but I think if we would have lost to Boston in another close game against another good team on the road, I think there's reason to start wondering. Um, it doesn't completely make those concerns go away, but it's a step in the right direction. They want to, uh, they won a close game on the road against a good team and a team that I think is playing better than even the last time we saw them. So it, it does make me feel better. All right. uh, there's, I, I have kind of a, a weird random rant, uh, not rant, but on Donovan Mitchell. And I, this is not new. A lot of people have kind of pointed this out from time to time. Uh, he, it just seems as though, uh, you know, there's these plays towards the ends of games or just throughout like the fourth quarter and crunch time where he makes just, they're just boneheaded plays. I don't know how else to describe it other than that. You can go back to the eight second call uh, Logan. In, the, in, 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 in the bubble. Logan. Yeah. Um, uh, would you say maybe quote unquote hero ball? Shout out well, to I, McCade. I, well, I wouldn't even say, I, would, I wouldn't even <laughs> say the hero, Yeah. I wouldn't even say the hero ball. I would just say the dumb, like there's really, there's just, there's dumb mistakes. There's a time tonight where he, I understand he got trapped, but he let himself get trapped and turned the ball over. And yeah, it's just, it, it, got, it, it, got, it got, but it happens a little more often than what you'd want to, especially from what we want to be our superstar player. And so I just want to like, when I, when I've got this weird mythical like belief in superstars because maybe as a jazz fan it's just something like branded into us that like 
the superstars never make mistakes. They just kill us. They're killers. They never make mistakes. There's only two superstars or people in that semi-superstar category I can think of who, who make those mistakes in the clutch. And I don't want Donovan to be in that group. I want him to be better than that. And the, the names that come to mind are Carmelo and then Blake Carmelo. Griffin. Oh. No, Carmelo Anthony and uh, and Blake Griffin. Those are, those are guys I can think Blake of like moments where – yeah, well, no, I mean, I don't, I don't, I can't, I, I told you guys, I can't pretend like I really remember Carl Malone. Like, if you're saying you trust your 12 year old brain, I just don't no, know. No, like, if did you gone, watch Game Six, the movie? Like, I don't Carl know, Malone boneheaded plays after boneheaded play in that. I don't, quarter, man. I don't know what Game Six, the movie is. It, I'm, it talking, was, I'm talking it was, about Carmelo Anthony and, <laughs> and and Blake Griffin, but well, you watched that entire of, stupid documentary about Michael Jordan, but you didn't watch the game. Um. I don't, I don't, I don't know what we're talking about. Um, Game six, nineteen ninety. In summation, um, Donovan, please don't be like Carmelo and make bonehead plays down the stretch. Be a better superstar. Don't, don't turn the ball over. That's a be, yeah. That's be, a good be, long be conversation. The, be the hero I need you to be. <laughs> um, we would like to. I mean, there, I mean, there's a whole deep dive on there, but I really want to get to some Adam stuff. Jared, um, uh, your tub check real quick. Uh, what? <sighs> I'm kind of I'm kind of in the same boat with Logan. Like I feel like it's been um, you know I talked to I talked to a lot of people who follow Golden State and stuff like that, and they're one in they're one in four in their last five, and we're their one win. So yeah. it it was not a good game, and it should not have gone the way it went. It, our bench played atrociously. There was people that were uh, well. I mean, Sarah Todd everybody rightly besides, pointed out everybody besides Rudy played atrociously in that game. So. Uh, except for Conley. Conley played really well. Oh, yeah, um, you're right. You're right. You're right. 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 Um, but yeah, it just, it was not a good game overall by like the, the whole team. Yeah. So, it was um, but, but Sarah Todd pointed out rightly that it's time to have a conversation about Derek favors, but I don't oh, think that that's, that's necessarily that's, um, fair. Cause he was great tonight. So it's oh, like, that's, um, but I'm he's been up and down, again. but we yeah, got, we're going to put a pin in that and we're going to talk to Adam about the trades. Right. Players. Because, uh, yeah, I want to bring favors up as well. <laughs> Hi, I'm McCoy. Hi, I'm Emily. And we're the Jazzy Gals. If you're looking for in-depth Utah Jazz basketball analysis, this ain't it. <laughs> but if you are looking to discuss how great Rudy's beard looked this week, Jazz Twitter crushes, or other fun pop culture things, you have come to the right place. That's right, and you can find us wherever you get your podcasts. And also on Twitter at Jazzy Gals Pod. Go Jazz! Go Jazz! Adam, uh, so um, uh, real quick before you get to your trade targets here, uh, let's talk. You know, so we do a temperature check here about how you feel about the Jazz uh, yeah, weekly. Um, uh, you know, so the Jazz again back from All Star break, they're two and one since All Star break. Um, uh, how do you feel about this Jazz team right now? I feel pretty good about the Jazz still. Uh, I think we've gotten a couple games where particularly the golden state game where we caught a team on one of their better shooting nights. Uh, I think I tweeted out that that was the, the sixth best shooting night golden state has had all year. Mm -hmm. Um, and they followed it up, uh, last night golden state did with, you know, an average shooting night and they just got absolutely blasted by the Lakers who had their best shooting night all year. So I think it's a little bit of just, you know, <sighs> um, the day in the NBA, right? <laughs> uh, Adam. So, but, 
so I mean, I've heard that, right? And and my thing is that like, all right, cool. So the the, the Warriors have a pretty good, but like then the Nuggets had a historically good shooting night against the Jazz, and yeah. then the other teams like, so when does it become like, well, maybe it's the Jazz problem and not like because the Lakers are a really good defensive team even without Anthony Davis, and like what, what how much of that was like the Lakers played really good defense and the Warriors had a tough shooting night and the Jazz maybe they didn't play good defense and that's why the Warriors had a like how much does that come into it? It's a good point because I think David Locke, uh, Ben Dowsett, Dan Clayton, and others have documented pretty well that when the Jazz miss a shot, we're really bad defensively, you know, after a missed shot. Um, when we make a shot or uh, or it's after a dead ball and we're in def- on defense, we're excellent. Um, but those nights when we're not really hitting our shot, I think we compound the issue by – you know, allowing better shooting to the opponent. Um, and I think we saw that quite a bit in the golden state game, yeah. uh, definitely in the, in the Denver nuggets game. Uh, and then part of it too, is that, you know, the J- and this is the big story in the Houston game. Uh, the, the jazz shot incredibly well against Houston. I like to look at something called effective field goal percent advantage. Basically that's just how well your team shoots minus how well the other team shoots. Nerd. And, <laughs> yeah. Total nerd, and I love it. Um, but the Jazz had a huge advantage against Houston, and then you look at, well, why did we only win by 15 points? Um, and I keep a little metric that that looks at how many points a team scores off of second chance points and and turnovers, and the Jazz gave up a 32 point disadvantage to to the Rockets. I mean, if we're just average. I mean, that's a 30 to 40 point blowout, you know, but we were so bad at the offensive rebounds, committing turnovers and Houston just, you know, essentially scored two points after every, you know, uh, offensive rebound and turnover. So I think there's a little bit of just a seesaw effect where if we don't shoot well, the other team naturally gets better looks because of our poor defense and transition. But then if we shoot well, you know, we're not really preoccupied with the offensive rebounds and, you know, forcing turnovers. And so I think it's a little bit of a seesaw effect. Hopefully the Jazz can, you know, uh, sync up a little better on those nights and and have more sustained success like we saw against Boston tonight. And and so, Adam, um, one of the things that I, I sort of harp on is that, as you know, Jerry mentioned, the like, like, I think this team. I mean, because if this if this jazz, if you don't, I don't know, if, if this jazz team has done everything that I thought they should do so far to get to where they need to be to be a championship contender. And but even so, like even when the jazz were good, even when all the players are playing really well, I'm like, well, what else could they do that's better? Like, like, you know, the the bogey thing that Jared said that I brought up a lot. I brought it up since last offseason because I'm like, well, number one, he had the highest trade value back then, and number yeah. two, um. You know, there's things that like worry me in the playoff series when it comes <laughs> down to that. Um, uh, he might not bring up, and so um, uh, you're a guy that you know, like you you actually look at like these trades and you figure like um, there's some really good metrics that you bring up. So let's get to that. Let's talk about some trades. Um, unfortunately, for all the boy again, like if if the trade deadline comes and goes, uh, what in a week now from now or whatever it is. And Bogdanovich is still on the team. I'm cool with it. That's fine. I, I like Boyan as a player. I think he's a very good offensive weapon. I just have, I do have concerns, but again, I like we'll any rational playoffs. fan. I think that's rational, honestly. We'll, we'll see what happens in the playoffs, you know? Um, I mean, absolutely. I, I, I don't think it's irrational to think that Boyan 
know, uh, maybe I mean, there's a chance that maybe I am irrational. Maybe I'm discounting Boyan's um, uh, effectiveness on the offensive end. And, you know, I, I can truly accept that I could be wrong there. So, Adam, though, I do believe you have a couple of trades that will send Boyan away from the Jazz. Yeah. Um, That's a trigger warning on this podcast. <laughs> and I, I guess just a little fair warning. Uh, you know, most of these trades involve Boyan. One, because uh, it's when, when you talk about trades, we have to we have to bring money in, uh, you know, in the the player that comes to the jazz and we have to match that salary going out, you know, unless you have a trade exception or something like that. And so Bogdanovich is one of the, the only players on the team that has a, a decent sized salary, which means you could get a decent player, you know, logically, you know, a, a decent player likely is in the middle of their career. And so they're making a decent amount of money, but and, not too um, much. But sorry, not too I, much I know money. that I was going to explain to cause I, I know Logan, um, it doesn't follow like salary cap stuff as well. So I just want to explain to everybody. So what you're saying is that, you know, trading Boyan out there, his $18 million salary, you can bring back somebody within uh, anywhere between 16 and 20, like what, two or 23 million, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Go ahead. And so, um, you know, it's hard to trade someone like Conley because you're having to bring back, you know, 30 plus million of salary trading someone like, Udoka, if you just traded Udoka, I mean, it's hard to get a really impactful player back who's only making, you know, a million and a half, right? And so Bogey's kind of in the middle there of, you know, uh, of a contract that actually, you know, makes some sense for someone who would come back. You know, furthermore, when you look at players that, um, that like you said, who have uh, have enough trade value, but potentially the jazz may see some early signs that perceived value is higher than uh, what the team estimates his value to be. There might be some Delta there to where I, there definitely was, you know, a margin there where the jazz probably could have traded him, you know, last year or, or during the summer and probably actually sold high and, you know, got gotten something really nice for him. But there might still be a margin there where it makes sense. Um, anyways, so uh, that's why – those are some reasons why bogeys generally included in these trades. Uh, before I get to them, just I guess from a general standpoint, the reason I think I'm willing to trade bogey is um, his elite skill comprises – 70 to 80 percent probably of his total value that he brings to the team by my estimation and that elite skill we have in spades we it's almost a redundant skill when you look at donovan conley clarkson niang when you look at all those guys i mean we're bombing from three could we sacrifice some of what we're the best in the nba at you know, in order to make our our team more well rounded, uh, Logan. So that's I think, that's a little I, bit of my perspective on why you you look to trade Bogey. Right, Logan. I think you called it um, uh, redundancy. I was I was gonna I was gonna say that sounds familiar. Sounds familiar. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But but Adam, Adam's much smarter than I am, so it it it, it just validates me. That's <laughs> it, just, it, it just I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah I've heard, we've heard, a, all heard him talk. We know. It's a sweet hey, validation. All, all roads lead to Rome, right? I mean, if you're coming at it from one <laughs> angle and I'm at the other, hey. You know what? Maybe there's something to it. 
right. I think you're in Italy, I think you're in Italy and I'm in Georgia though, so it's a little different. But Rome is Rome. So. Rome, right. Georgia. Um, so I think the first trade that I'll that I'll propose. Oh, and the other thing I'm going to say is all of these have been ran through the trade machine, and so all of these you know technically work from a um, from the standpoint of the dollars and cents work. Uh, there aren't any. Uh, there's no players involved where they've been with a team less than 90 days. So from a standpoint of dollars and uh, the collective bargaining agreement and everything, these trades work. So we're not just spinning straw into gold. Yeah, right. exactly. So these are all legal trades that you're making. Yeah, I, absolutely. So the first one, the main point is that Jazz get Harrison Barnes from the Sacramento Kings. Cool. So the way the trade would work is that the Utah Jazz send Bojan Bogdanovic and Udoka, the Jazz's rookie, for Harrison Barnes. What so this one. Scenario? <laughs> so this one assumes that Sacramento wants to get better, you know, right now. Um, it would assume that they are bringing in, you know, an established player, someone who's a bit more prolific from the three-point line. They think that with uh, Buddy Heald. And De'Aaron Fox and Rashawn Holmes, they've got a window where they've either got to get better, they've probably just got to, you know, send the talent away and restart the rebuild, something like that. Um, what do you guys think just straight off? And then I can get into a little bit of why Barnes may make sense for the Jazz. Jared? Uh, I like it, honestly, because he's a, he's a hard-nosed defender. We saw, you know, we saw that in Golden State. Obviously, his other stints didn't, look like uh, like he wanted them to look or like the Mavericks wanted them to look but I think that he's still a so- very solid role player who plays you know a good brand of basketball. Logan? Yeah I've always had an irrational love for Harrison Barnes I don't know what it is or where it comes from so. It's because see, he, to, he should have been ours. He's the pressure. To see, to see the other person I had an irrational love for was Evan Turner so I don't know that I have the, the best <laughs> the best take Hey, I, you're 50 50, huh? You remember that? Who, like, I thought Evan Turner yeah. was the key to the Jazz when he had talked. Like, if they could just get their hands on this guy, it's exactly what we need <laughs> in the draft. And I was, I was very wrong. But no, I, 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 I do like, I do like Harrison Barnes, and I think that, I think that uh, what what he brings to the table, like skill set wise, is important. But I think that something this Jazz team could be lacking uh, when, it, if we're looking to make a deep playoff run, is the the, the guy has championship experience. Um, and I think that's that's one of the X factors that, that would be helpful right. as you try to build a team. Um, I, I, I'm, I'm looking forward to what other ones Adam's got, but I think I mean there's another one in my mind. But Harrison Barnes is probably near the top for me as, as far as targets. All right. Well, I'm on the phone right now. Uh, I'm calling Vladi or whoever. You know, what? I'm just gonna call Vladi anyway. I don't care. Uh, <laughs> yeah, because I'm, uh, he like, got hey, some pull. Hey, Vladi. Um, uh, guess what? You lost a Bogdanovich. Now you guys can gain a Bogdanovich again. Like you, right. there always has to be a Bogdanovich in Sacramento, and that's why you have to get this deal done. Okay, deal. That's what um, we need right there. Um, <laughs> go for it. I, I can feel it. So the biggest reason I, I think Harrison Barnes uh, makes sense um, is that again he's more well-rounded. Um, I I put up a big Twitter tweet thread um, about comparing Bojan and Harrison Barnes. Um, the two things that Bojan is better at than Harrison Barnes are perimeter shooting, obviously Bojan's one of the best in the NBA and then off ball movement, which is honestly probably just a function of 
you know, the jazz style. Everything else from finishing at the rim, from playmaking, perimeter defense, rebounding, all those things, Harrison Barnes is better. And um, another thing, when you say that Bojan's better shooting the three than uh, Harrison Barnes is, it's true, but it's not by as much as you may think, which is uh, you know pretty awesome. Harrison Barnes is an above-average three-point shooter um, and is shooting uh, the high 39% this year. You know, one of his best marks, but even if you go back, you know, for a three-, four-year sample size, he's the, he's above average. And I think that's the exact player you want, an above-average three-point shooter who does some other stuff, right? Yeah. So um, I have a second trade here that is for Harrison Barnes, but it assumes that Sacramento, they don't want to get better. They want to rebuild, right? Because – because they may not may say we don't want Bogdanovich. <laughs> we're we're trying to get worse, which don't know how it's possible, but <laughs> you know they may want to do that, right? So the the second one would be that the Jazz still get Harrison Barnes, but they involve a third team. They send Bogdanovich to Memphis. This assumes Memphis wants to get better. They've got enough young players and and you know a budding superstar in in John Morant, where it actually you know, might make sense that they want to get better um, and get better in the area that they're, that they're struggling in shooting. Um, so Memphis would take Bogdanovich, Sacramento would take Gorgie Jang, Udoka, and a Memphis first round pick. And the Utah Jazz would get uh, Harrison Barnes. Obviously that Memphis first would probably be top 20 protected or something like that. Right. Uh, but that's the core of the deal. Uh, what do you guys think about that one? I mean, obviously, I, I think as long as Utah gets Harrison Barnes, uh, um, I honestly, I don't, I don't care about the other teams as much. <laughs> like, yeah, <laughs> oh, man, Memphis, Sacramento, right? Like, cool. But uh, the Jazz getting Harrison Barnes, um, uh, it's interesting. Adam, do you think the the three point percentage numbers or whatever, like whatever metrics you use, um, do you think the Jazz offense? would bump somebody like Harrison Barnes up a few percentage points more because um, he might get more open looks. I do think, I do think so. We saw it with Jordan Clarkson, how, you know, he was kind of up and down in his three point shooting numbers, but a lot of it were the types of threes that he shot. And furthermore, um, it was the amount that he was taking. He wasn't taking very many. And so I think the Jazz brought him in and said, hey, let's take better shots, right, where you're coming off screens or you're wide open a lot in the corner uh, versus just ISO one-on-one. I mean, he does play that too still, but um, – and, and then he's just taking more. I think something similar could definitely, you know, be in the cards for Harrison Barnes. Um, you know, he's uh, – uh, when you look at perimeter shooting, Barnes is, like I said, 39% and – you know, Bogey has a bit more consistency, you know, at being a 40% plus shooter. But Barnes has been above average for the last five years. Um, Barnes is significantly worse shot quality. So he's taking harder shots and is still hitting at 39%, right? Mm-hmm. And when you look at catch and shoot threes, Barnes is over 40%, 42% on the year. So I think I think there's, there's something to that. Um, that comparison with Jordan coming in suddenly blowing up. Yeah. Uh, Logan, anything else you want to add to this? I think I, well, I think, I think the why is important. So I appreciate what Adam's doing because 
you have to understand why someone would be motivated to do that. And that's why I think it's a more, this, this evaluation is better than just the normal. I pumped some numbers into a trade machine and didn't consider why anyone would do this because essentially what you just lined out is, is why, why um, Harrison Barnes is better for us than, than Bohan. It's like, well, why would you take the, the lesser player? But I, I guess what I'm saying is this scenario makes more sense to me if, if the team decides to go a different direction. Right. So mm-hmm. I think there's, I, 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 what I'm saying is I appreciate the thought that went into it because it, it, it makes more sense. Cause that's always my kickback is, okay, that's great. But why, why would the other teams agree to it? But um, yeah, this, because the other 2019s want the jazz to get better. Obviously yeah, they exist uh, for us. That's what I said better. about the John, the John Collins trade. The, the Saturday was, yeah, because hey, they're great guys. Uh, my dream scenario, John Collins. John Collins. I believe he's the third. He was the runt of the Jaron. Jaron and uh, Jason Collins triplets, right? Is that what he is? He's just a little smaller. Like, and my John Collins analysis comes from strictly researching him for fantasy basketball only. When, wow, look at these numbers. I have no idea how he <laughs> plays. So, uh, Jared, anything else about Harrison Barnes you want to add before we move on? No, I'm interested in this John Collins deal. That, 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 uh, <laughs> All right, that, that'll that, be our that Logan's that'll be our, out of his butt. <laughs> that'll be our fifth deal that we bring up. <laughs> All right, so. Interesting you mentioned John Collins. All right, folks, we're actually going to do a little pivot here. We're taking a break right now. Uh, Adam actually has a couple more trade options, and uh, this episode was going a little long, so what we did was split up this episode into two. So this is now part one. Uh, We're going to take a break, and then you're going to hear the rest rest of part one, and then listen for part two dropping very shortly um, after we drop this pod, maybe a day or two later. Hey, I'm Mark. And this is Doug. What's up? And we're co-hosts of a weekly podcast on the Utah Jazz called Twos and Threes. It's available on Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, and wherever else you get podcasts on your feed every Monday morning. Mark's my big brother, and you could say this podcast is a family affair, but really we think of the jazz and jazz nation as our family. So we'd love for you to participate with us to listen, and really, let's do this together. Go Jazz. Go Jazz. Be our family. Boom. Last thing I want to touch on, Adam, here, um, we talked about the buyout market. We talked about Otto Porter. And so this is the other thing that like, Logan Logan has a rant about buyout market. Logan, do you want to, do you want to give that rant right now? No, I, did, I don't have much of one. I just don't think that the – I don't know. I just don't think the Jazz are going to actually be players in that. We see these guys flock in the opposite direction. So um, I, I think it's something we look at and, and, and want. But really, at the end of the day, we're not going to be dating the prom queen. Prom queen, we're hanging out and <laughs> – playing Dungeons and Dragons with our buddies. That's who we are. And that's fine. <laughs> I love that's it. It's fine. And, Just accept your reality. And, and the reason why, like, and most years, right? Like, I mean, whoever the best team in the NBA, like, the buyout market really is, is about guys who are veteran, mostly veterans, right? Who are already getting paid by another team, um, taking minimum contracts somewhere else. I, I mentioned uh, Joaquim Noah and um, uh, uh, Marvin Williams on the last podcast, right? Uh, and like, you know, Marvin only picked the Milwaukee Bucks because they were one of the best teams last year. Um, and it, it's like the Nick Batum situation. Like Nick Batum chose to go to LA Clippers, even though, I mean, it's the rumors are that Rudy Gobert called Nick Batum as soon as he could and said, uh, come to the jazz. But Nick yeah, Batum Nick saw was like, no, I'm going to LA. Yeah. And, and, you know, even though and uh, there are some jazz fans out there like, um, they thought the Jazz didn't give them. Like sometimes it's not even about money. Like the Jazz can offer what a million or two million more than other teams. But again, these these guys are probably already getting paid. 
Um, the Jazz are one through nine. Like they're not gonna have, they're not gonna give you any minutes one through nine. Like George Yang is safe in that, and George Yang minutes are only like fourteen minutes a game. Uh, shout out to George Yang minute tracker or whatever his name is. Uh, we'll have to <laughs> need to go check that out and, and make sure uh, that's correct. But like George is playing fourteen minutes a game, so like Otto Porter's best best case scenario is to come to the Jazz and maybe get those fourteen minutes. And so um, goes Adam, his event tracker. Yeah, Adam, we want you, you on the pod. Oh yeah, Midi <laughs> Um Adam, um, you talked about Otto Porter, but like, like it'd be nice to have Otto Porter as your twelfth guy, but you're you're asking him to come here and not take Boyan Bogdanovich minutes, or are you are you hoping that he comes and takes some of those crunch time minutes from uh, from Bogey somewhere? I I think uh, I think his best case scenario for Otto Porter is that he's as good of a shooter as Bogey and um, George Niang from deep. And he's longer, more athletic, and a better defender than both those guys. Um, you know, at, at one point, you know, this this guy in Otto Porter was a 20-point-per-game scorer, you know, in his first year in Chicago, right, um, last year in, in Washington. So, you know, I don't think he's that for the Jazz, but I do think he's as good a shooter as those two who provides defense. And if the Jazz get that version of him um, – I could definitely see him replacing Niang minutes um, and and possibly cutting into Bogey. Honestly, if you get if you get that version, um, I I think that raises the Jazz ceiling tremendously. Um, part of the reason I think Otto Porter is a slightly higher uh, chance for the Jazz as you know a realistic scenario is that. Uh, during the Gordon Hayward free agency, uh, Otto Porter was the Jazz number one target. If had Gordon given them a um, given them a sign that he wasn't gonna wasn't gonna stay with the Jazz, and it was reported that the Jazz got mutual interest from Otto Porter's camp. I actually hate using the camp word, but. <laughs> Anyways, I did. <laughs> anyway, so I think there's a little bit of history there. I think. Uh, I think that uh, well, Otto Porter, he's had some injury issues, so I think he's a more risky buyout candidate than normal, and I think the Jazz are in a position to take that risk. Whereas, um, you know, some of these other uh, contenders, you know, they may not want they may want a slightly more sure thing. Um, Interesting. I mean, because the thing is, that if Otto or if anybody. On the buyout market, not anybody, but most of these guys that are coming out of the buyout market, the Andre Drummonds and maybe Trevor Reasons if he doesn't get traded. Those are guys that like if they go to either LA team or the Nets or maybe even the Sixers, those guys are like probably seven or eight on the depth chart, right? So this is one of the things that like I see the buyout market. I know why people are really hoping, but I think it's I think it's an uphill battle. But I'm uh, I'm glad that Adam was able to give us a, a you know, I'm glad there's somebody on this podcast to the shine a light where my dark depressive um, uh, uh, thoughts are <laughs> and um, uh, saves the people here. So. Um, yeah, I'm the, I'm the sacrificial lamb in a sense that I'm yeah. going away more depressed now. I know. That's what I, it's, uh, that, 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 that's, <laughs> that's my brand. So Adam, um, uh, what are you doing nowadays, man? You're right. You're, you're writing, right? You, 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 you've got some articles coming out. Yeah, so I'm contributing. Uh, for those who don't know, um, I was 
kind of the engine behind Jabber Jazz. Um, I did a podcast, mm-hmm. uh, wrote articles, managed a uh, YouTube channel. Um, I haven't done that in about a year, uh, primarily because I've been returning to school, getting a, uh, a degree in statistics and data science. Nerd. Nice. Total nerd. Love it, though. <laughs> totally on brand for me. Um, so that's taking up most of my time, but I do carve out a little bit of time, uh, to write for, write as a contributor for SLC dunk. So if you're interested in hearing more about data, looking at some cool charts, I got feedback that I include too many charts. So, uh, <laughs> then and, um, definitely look at a great oil and water, uh, article about, uh, Donovan and JC. So. Yeah, yeah, go check that out. Um, on I SLC love SLC Dunk. Dunk content, so yeah, SLC Dunk content is great. Uh, you can find him um, uh, at um, uh, Adam underscore Bushman. Um, hey, who, who can I say something before we? we yeah, have... no, no, uh, you, you, so, Jared, you always get uh, you always get a uh, last hey, one. I'm not trying to do that always. Um, <laughs> Jared so, gets carte blanche. <laughs> <laughs> not really. I mean, uh, it, it, I kind of pissed Logan off a couple times, so I, I know I know my boundaries. Um, <laughs> <laughs> all, all correction, all the time. <laughs> all the time. <laughs> oh, that's right. I, I live basically live at your house now. That's that's uh, from what I hear. Um, so Austin Horton, uh, I commented during the game that Jeff Teague was probably still pissed at the Jazz and he hated us uh, from the time he hip checked Rubio on national TV. And Austin Horton said, "Strange note, this is almost three years ago to the day, March fifteenth, twenty eighteen." Yeah, I was like, "That is freaking wild." Donovan should have hip-checked him just for, you know, old time's sake. (laughs) Happy anniversary. Yeah, happy anniversary. Well, thanks. Shout out to Austin Horton, a friend of the podcast now, you know, 1280 legend and, uh, you know, all around good dude. He'll He'll be the guest next week. He won't be the SSV folks. Don't 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 turn don't tune in for just for that. <laughs> hey, he, he might agree to it. I don't know. I, I could ask him. Um uh Logan, uh Dragon Squatch, um uh, how you feeling, brother? I guess I'm I've just discovered I'm a Jeff Teague fan, so uh <laughs> didn't didn't know that till now. It was a um, pretty dirty play, man. I don't I wouldn't even be better. Even 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 better. We are the Utah Jazz. We are the least entitled to complain about dirty players. Since we had probably two of the top ten w- dirtiest players in the history of the game, you mean because of so, John and Carl? John and Carl, yeah, <laughs> Flair, baby. I mean, just 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 go go Woo! Google like go Google Woo! lists of the dirtiest NBA players in history. Everyone's got John and Carl in the top. Oh, 10. John is John is always on there. Yeah, they're they're good. they're bad they're bad news. Um, Logan the, is uh, just dying for us to trade for Draymond Green. Just dying. He just exactly, wants to see like Kiwi a, shots every other I game. Would, I would I, love I'm all Draymond Green on the Kiwi, Kiwi shots. <laughs> No, I'll, I'll take it. No, uh, as as far as uh, shouting people out, I'm gonna shout out uh, a guy on Twitter, uh, never too up, never too down. His handle is at six foot seven, um, and I uh, he he found me some uh, some Kobe Bryant Legos minifigs, and this man not only found them but sent them to me. Oh, yeah, he sent them to me, and that's more than any of you guys have ever given me anything. So hey, um, stupid ar- Blanco's hat waiting for you at my house. So shut he's up. already he's already ranked higher than both of you. Uh, we'll see. Adam <laughs> may send me something. We'll see. I don't know. We might be friends. I've been to your um, house, you dickhead. There's been a lot of bad people in my house. That doesn't. <laughs> there's been a lot of shady characters in my. That does not. That's more of an indictment than a defense. Um, the but the, no, the, the, I thought it was pretty phenomenal that he found them and uh, quite a few of them. So I'll be putting some pictures up there there when they show up. But always we want to chat. We always want to 
shout out our jazz pod co-op get your gear at do you want this.com and uh i mean yeah like i said last week uh brian and mccade are doing some really cool stuff with the uh the eight and a half team comparison i'm getting eager to find out who the the half team is um <laughs> but uh jazz and gals put out a podcast today they shouted out the jazz pod co-op so they they reluctantly are acknowledging us now so thanks mom for finally acknowledging us later in life um i don't know what happened to the twos and threes i don't see their stuff anymore maybe they quit but uh, yeah, oh, jazz pod, jazz, jazz pod uh, co-op. Mark's, Mark's been busy. Mark's been uh, yeah, busy. Yeah, imagine him having a job and stuff. Whatever. <laughs> um, uh, which which NWO? What, like, we need to figure out which NWO member are the Jazz Gals. Like, which one? Like, like they were forced into the NWO. Like, like, oh, I guess we're part of this now. So, <laughs> take a shirt and put it well, on. Lex, Lex Luger. He always looked like he was the least one who wanted to be there. <laughs> <laughs> I'm about to do some. I'm, uh, I'm actually doing some deep. Uh, Let's just say I'm writing an article for a new site, and it's going to involve it's going to involve um uh, past champions and what hill personas that they were. So, mm, <laughs> um, I like this. Yeah, um, Adam, um, uh, thank you so much for coming on, man. I'm uh, glad to have you on here. Uh, My pleasure. Again, yeah, good luck in school. Uh, and um, uh, hopefully, when the Jabber Jazz ever makes their, you know, when, when they do make their return, you obviously were uh, a member of the Jazz Pod Co-op. So um, yeah, you're you're uh, a founding member, man. Uh, Fantastic. Yeah, we will be back. We will be yes. back once I get out of school next year. We will be back. And then uh, we we gotta figure out what like um uh, just so you guys know, uh, when Jared, Adam, and I go to a game together with his wife. Uh, the Jazz are one and zero in game winners. So and Bojan scores the game winners. So if you trade Bojan. him, that won't work. Bojan game winners, man. Another Jazz fan reminded me about the bogey game winners, and I had to say, you know what? I was at the Milwaukee game with who? With Jared and my wife, and we were going nuts. Right, and so I do. I do have Bogey to thank for one of the most incredible Jazz memories I have. And I, I think people like when when. You know, I'm on here talking about Bogdanovich when Adam's out there tweeting, but like, it's not like, hey, I hate this. Like, you don't, you don't always have to trade guys that you hate. Something yeah, you just yeah. have to trade guys. Jazz fans are defensive, think, man. Really you know, that you think you get something else back of value. And that's just the way it is. So, like, like well, obviously, if everybody hated bit, Boyan, I'm not a businessman. I'm a businessman. Hey. <laughs> one, 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 one quick rebuttal to add to the depression so that Adam never comes back again. <laughs> um, the two 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 this pieces ought to, to be Bohan, good. Two, two, Are you always in the mood, Logan? Two, 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 two things to Bohan hitting the game winner, providing joy, and how that can always be turned. I would remind you that Sunday out of Gaines also did something similar, and one of my Ooh. greatest jazz. And just know it gets better. Um, the greatest. I reminded I the same fan about Sunday out of Gaines. Yeah. <laughs> I said we but, should pick him up. You guys are the same person. I've oh, never but, seen but, it. It gets no, it gets worse. My worst, my best, my most memorable memory as a jazz fan in person was by none other than Derek Fisher. So Derek let's just Fisher. go ahead and think about that for a oh, while. Man. That's right. Uh, Derek Fisher came in. It's, it, it is. It's still. But people ask me about like, my favorite memory. Who, told, like, yeah, gonna who laugh. told that story on the podcast? Yeah, uh, multiple. Like, because whatever, whoever has me guess on a podcast, they like, what's your favorite memory as a jazz fan? I'm like, all right, well, it's when Derek Fisher came. <laughs> so, anyway, um, uh, Bowen anyway, is, like, uh, is the new Fisher. Yes. Oh God. Uh, yeah. So in my in my thread comparing Bowie on to Harrison Barnes, um, Aaron Benson, good old Aaron Benson, uh, at A R B U T one five said 
bogey hitting game winner against Houston dot gif case closed. And I said, so sign Sunday out of gains. That how this works. <laughs> and um, he was a great sport. He laughed and we had a fun conversation. Thank you for listening to the high notes brought to you by the bad news jazz. And uh, where we've never seen uh, Adam or Logan in the same room. So uh, one of them I, does stats and one of them doesn't. I think that's the yeah. only defining characteristic. Like, <laughs> you know, I, you know, Bruce Wayne didn't do stats. Um, all right. Well, I, that's it. Be watching my friend. Be watching we'll you guys next time. Logan's been Logan's been licking things at Walmart all all uh, all over Idaho. So have you have you seen the South Park the South Park where they're doing the, the vaccination the, the the South Park vaccination episode? Oh, I, I watched it on the weekend. They were literally spitting in each other's mouths. I'm like this is so weird. Like this is exactly what we talk about all the time. My Take wife and I. I thought Adam was gonna say, me and my wife has been have been spitting each other's mouths for like the last month because. Of, uh. so I, I was like, I was like, oh, all right, uh, all right, all right, Adam, way to way to bring the fire there. <laughs> Who's still recording? So. Oh yeah, no, always that, be recording. A, what it is is he waits longer until you, until you accidentally drop a racial slur, and then he's got that that juice yeah, on your throat. Yeah, drop just waits for your blood sugar to spike and you say something terrible and then he's got you. Yeah, we'll stop. Poor stop. Logan, it sounds like he's speaking from experience.